Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest on this week's program is Ben Hayden, a postdoctoral fellow at Duke's Center for Cognitive Neuroscience. Okay, so we're sitting here. It's a beautiful day. We're in a retreat. What, what kind of retreat is this, Ben? This is a neuroeconomics retreat for Duke University. Neuroeconomics. Sounds, sounds great. What, what is this? Oh, well, it's a really interesting new field where we basically take all the methods that we've developed over the last 50 years in studying brains to help uh, answer economic questions. Like, for example, why do people tend to be uh, averse to gambling and, and try to avoid risky situations? What, what do you mean people are averse to gambling? I mean, Las Vegas is such a booming industry. How can you say people are averse to it? Yeah, it's really interesting and it's really complicated. There are definitely situations where people love to gamble, but most of the time in most types of experiments, uh, in most situations, people will actually are willing to, to, to make huge sacrifices in order to avoid even small amounts of risk. And that's a really fascinating question. So, so people invest in the stock market, they go to gamble. Um, give me an example that would convince me that people are averse to risk. Oh, even in the stock market, it's a great example. There's a lot of, um, there's something called the risk premium. If you, if you want to invest in a, a stock that's uh, highly volatile, you, have, you, you, you get a benefit. There, you get, the, the price is going to be lower than it otherwise would be. Be just because of this risk. And even, even stock market uh, investors who should be so intelligent are actually a little bit risk averse. Uh, g- g- give me, can you give me an intuitive example of uh, risk aversion? Uh, an intuitive example? Well, um, oh, they're everywhere. I mean, you just bring somebody into the lab and you just ask them, or you just ask your friend. You say, I'm going to flip a coin, and uh, if it comes up heads, I'm going to give you $200, and if it comes up tails, you got to give me $100. And by any logical, mathematical reasoning you can come up with, people should take that gamble, but people almost always will just refuse to take it. So heads, I get 200, tails, I lose 100. This yep. is called the Samuelson's paradox, right. a part of it at least. And uh, most people don't take this gamble. And if they do take this gamble, they would probably not take one that says get 150, lose 100, and so on. So people have a, a premium that you need to pay them to take, to take risk. People are not neutral about kind of risk they're taking. Okay, so that's, that's sensible, but, but you work in monkeys. What, what do monkeys know about risk? Well, it's actually, uh, monkeys are very, very similar, especially for these very basic things, like simple questions, like would you, if you flipped a coin, what would you, what would you do? And so, so monkeys flip coins? Well, we, we, we essentially do that, but what we do is the monkey sits in front of a computer screen and he plays a computer game where uh, ultimately what, what the monkey is doing is he's making a decision between two options, one of which uh, is risky, it's like, do you want to take this gamble? And one of which is safe, where the monkey basically has the option to say, no, I don't really want to take that gamble right now. So, so what do the monkeys gamble on? Uh, stock market? Uh, money? The monkeys gamble on juice. They really love fruit juice. In fact, it's the same juice you could buy in the store for your kids. Juicy juice. Cherry-flavored juicy juice. Cherry-flavored juicy juice. And they gamble this? How, how do you gamble on juice? Well, it's, it's very simple. The monkey chooses the, to gamble, and, and he does this every, every few seconds. He chooses whether to gamble or not. The monkey says, um, if I choose this option, if I go for the gamble, then the computer itself is going to flip a coin. And if it comes up heads, then the monkey gets a big squirt of juice, which he loves. And if it comes up tails, he's going to get a little teeny squirt of juice, which really uh, annoys the monkey a lot. And if he doesn't do it, he just gets a medium-sized squirt of juice, which he feels kind of neutral about. Okay, so the monkey basically has two choices. One is a medium squirt of juice for sure, Mm -hmm. or he can take a risky uh, juice and maybe get a lot, but maybe also get very little. Right. And... 
Are the monkeys also risk-averse? No, it's really interesting and it's really surprising. It's something that's troubled a lot of people who've, who've studied our research. Monkeys love to gamble in this situation. They, they'll choose that risky option 80 or 90 percent of the time. So they're actually risk-seeking, is yes, that correct? That's right. Okay, so why, why are monkeys risk-seeking? Are they just less rational than we are? Well, uh, actually, you know, risk aversion, risk seeking, they're both kind of e equally irrational in different ways. But it's a really interesting question and one that we spent a lot of time thinking about. We came up with the idea that maybe there's something special about the way we test these monkeys that causes them to behave different than humans. So what we did is we, we went in and um, uh, we, we manipulated only one parameter in the experiment. We just made the delay between trials, which is usually three seconds. We made it four seconds, ten seconds, all the way up to 90 seconds. And we thought that if, if we increased the delay, we'd, we'd make the monkey, instead of thinking about it as, um, as this is a bunch of trials that are going to happen all in a row right away, he's more likely to just think, what's going to happen on this one trial? He's going to treat it a lot more like a human if you just go and ask him, what do you want uh, right now? One gamble, one point flip. Okay, so, so the Samuels paradox is one where Samuelson went to one of his economist friends and said, would you flip a coin if it was heads 200, you would get... Uh, the other option you would lose a hundred <clears throat> and the friend said I will not take it but if you gave me uh, this option to do a hundred times in a row I would I would do it mm -hmm. right and, and Samuelson went ahead and proved that if you don't take this option one time you should not also take it multi uh, multiple times and, and the reverse as well so is, is what you're saying is that people look at decisions one at a time and the monkey when the decision come in very quick succession think of them like the multiple decisions like Samuelson's friend framing um, and therefore if you slow it down you get the monkeys to think about them one at a time mm -hmm. and therefore they uh, become like people. That's exactly right so we, we manipulated the parameter of how much delay there was between trials as a way of trying to get the monkey to think of this as Samuelson's friend in the one shot you have one coin flip or in, in the other case when the, when the trials come really rapidly the monkey's going to think of it as, as this is a hundred trials in a row. Okay, so now a question is, uh, what happens if you give these decisions to people in very quick succession? Do they behave like monkeys? Yeah, so we did a follow-up experiment in which we actually had humans sit in a booth. We had them sit with a juice tube in their mouth, and they were rewarded with Gatorade, which they like a little bit more than Juicy Juice, although we let them choose which one they wanted. And uh, wouldn't you know it, those humans looked exactly like monkeys. In fact, by a variety of mathematical analyses, it looked like the, the human's gambling style. Instead of looking like it does in all this other uh, 50 years of economics literature, it looked just like these monkeys. So we made these humans act just like monkeys, and what we showed is that really has nothing to do with the species. Monkeys and humans are just the same. It has everything to do with the way you ask the question. Okay, so this is, uh, this is uh, fantastic because we always thought about people's risk attitude as some internal mechanism they have, but what you're saying is that the sequence and speed in which options are presented makes a whole lot of difference to what people end up, end up choosing. I guess that would fall under the general category of bracketing and the important thing of how you think about decision is separate, continuous, and so on. So, uh, two questions to, f to finish. Um, what do you think? Who is more rational, monkeys or people? I, don't, I think that a, a regular old human who comes into the lab is just as rational as a monkey. The monkey has a big advantage in that he's done this thousands of times. The human has a big advantage in that he has a bigger brain. And I think if you really um, give them, uh, put them together, you'll say that they come out just about even. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess you started by saying the, the human is just as rational as the monkey. Uh, it gives <laughs> us some uh, idea of where you stand on this. Uh, but the second question is, so, so you show these huge effects, whether decisions are sequentially presented or separate. 
Um, any idea of which one is better? We go and we make a lot of decisions in life, uh, buying things in the stocks, uh, buying things in the supermarket, buying houses. Is it somehow better or worse to make things in close succession or further apart? Well, what we found um, is that with, a, with about a 90-second delay between trials, so relatively far apart, the, the monkeys are much more risk-neutral, so they're much more rational than they are in the normal condition. But I don't, I don't think there's really a simple answer to that question. It really just depends on what, um, what, what you're trying to do, and I don't think we can really control how fast decisions come to people. So. Okay, uh, thank you very much. It was uh, very interesting. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, Professor of Behavioral Economics at Duke University. Learn more at research.duke.edu.